I was so cranky before I like before Ben's whole ordeal, and now I just can't stop giggling. I was in such a bad mood. Like when I sat down, I was grouchy and like tired and overheated. And then just Ben's like <laughs> frantic Mr. Bean like attempts to get to the podcast really can cheered me up. I can't even fucking explain to you this the the, the fucking events that just occurred. Like not only that. But the entire time, I had no idea where my vape was for this CBD. And so the whole time I'm panicking, I'm like, I'm not going to have my fucking CBD pen this whole time. And I need something to puff on. And then I couldn't find, and then I finally, you know, I find that. I get to uh, the laptop and it's at a very low percentage and I can't find the cord. So I'm running around the house trying to find the cord. It was ridiculous. And then Corbin just wouldn't, we literally wouldn't fall asleep. So I finally pulled the classic, uh, all right, Corbin, I, I got to go use the potty. I'll be right back. And so I'm downstairs ransacking the place, looking for this cord for this laptop. And I hear him, I hear, no, I hear my wife go, Corbin, what are you doing out of your room? And he's like, I'm waiting for dad. Where's dad? And I'm just like, oh my God. And I just <laughs> yell upstairs like a cow. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just like, Michael, you're going to have to put him down. I'm sorry. And uh, literally put him down. Yeah. <laughs> put him out of his misery, man. Well, it's a good place as any. Uh, uh, episode 13 of The Kids Are Asleep. Got no time to be a punk. The kids are asleep. So let's get drunk. Uh, it's been about a month since we last recorded. We took July off, um, did some grilling and uh, hanging out. So now we're ready to get at it. Um, yeah, and absolutely nothing eventful has happened to any of us in that time. No, no, no. definitely not. Definitely not. Nobody made any huge life decisions. <laughs> it's uh it's episode 13. We're talking about Catholicism. I'm Dan here in uh, the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago, joined by my lovely wife, Sarah. Hey. And we are also joined by uh, some guys. Some of these guys are good friends of ours, swell gents, tip top, top men. Top men is what I'll say. They're top men. Top men. That's when we're top men. Yes. Oh. I'm I think Ben's, Ben's more of a bottom man. <laughs> I just slip that in. But yes, I'm Ben. I'm in the southwest suburbs, as per usual. And uh, the kids are asleep. Uh, finally. Jesus goddamn Christ. Which is the topic of this episode. Speaking of which... I wore my Dead Kennedys Jesus Christ Incorporated t-shirt for such an event. Uh, uh. Nice. And then uh, I'm Tim. I'm in Providence, and I got married last week. You idiot. Tim is the first ever guest of this podcast. That's true. (laughs) Yes, um, but before I go into it, I'd like to ask you guys, uh, who here has watched my wedding video that I sent you? Oh, Ben, I, Ben did it. Ben did it. Ben's hand is raised. I was I, actually literally thinking about that today. I was like, shit, I haven't watched that I video don't, yet. Wait, hold on. I don't see either of your hands raised. 
Yeah, no, I'm seeing like uh, uh, Dan is tugging at his collar <laughs> and Sarah just disappeared. Yeah, Sarah's, uh, I just heard Sarah's car peel out. Tell you what, Ben, since you're uh, my only real friend on this podcast, apparently, yes. I'm going to go ahead and uh, what is this? Hold on. This is uh, not going as well as I thought, but uh, here you go, Ben. Just check your phone in a second. <laughs> paid him money? Tim paid me $5. <laughs> <laughs> for watching his video. Every time you watch my show, I will send you $40. Checks will not be honored. Read the uh, note. Read the note. Okay. All right. Hang on. Let's see what it uh, what it says here. Uh, best friend prize. Yo, win. All right. That's right. I got, um, I got $5 for being the best friend. Worth ben it. Is, ben is now number one. You two are, uh, you're, you're both on my shit list. So you're going to yeah. have to fight it out uh, for number two. Yeah. Uh, but luckily there's, I only have three, I only have like four or five friends. So, you know, <laughs> being at the bottom of the list isn't really that big a deal. Um, but yeah, no, my actual wedding was supposed to be, uh, June 6th and then something happened and we couldn't have it. I forgot what it was. Um, but we had had a planned about a 70 person wedding and then, uh, we were gonna, we just kept postponing and postponing and then like, we just got sick of it and like, didn't feel like waiting anymore and we have like the fortuitous situation that hannah's mom uh is the mayor of a small town in connecticut so uh she was able to marry us at their house in the backyard with her uh hannah's immediate family there and oh, i did not even realize that was hannah's mom that yeah that did that oh, yep. okay that's hannah's mom nice. and uh uh my family uh attended via zoom and for what it was, it went fucking perfectly. Like I, we ended up with an outdoor uh, half Zoom wedding in rural Connecticut that went out uh, more or less without a hitch. My dad couldn't figure out how to turn his microphone on, so he had to give his uh, his toast over my phone on speakerphone. But <laughs> other than that, uh, we had like a ten minute ceremony and uh, toasts, and then we went to uh, we went to uh, we ate some sushi afterwards because Hannah's mom is an awesome cook. And we went to uh, southern Vermont and stayed in a yurt for three days. That was our honeymoon. Nice. Uh, I saw a picture. It was a nice yurt. It was a pretty sweet yurt. It was also, I have a story. It's a a shit story, which I would normally tell in front of Sarah. So this thing was like totally off the grid. It had uh, no electricity or like it had running water, but it was from a tank. And there was electricity, but it was from a car battery. So they had a composting toilet which uh, is just uh, fancy talk for shitting in a bucket of sawdust. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, you know, I I always shit like a big shit. The first thing in the morning, this is horrible. But like, that's what I do. And then like in my normal life, I flush it away and I forget about it forever. But in the composting toilet, it was it remained extremely present in my life. For three days? <laughs> no, no. So, like, I went, because, like, the directions, like, the woman had left directions for us, uh, like, on how to, like, where the compost was to dump it. 
and it said the red shed and i looked all over this farm and there was no fucking red shed so then um, i went i finally like went to the lady's house and i like she was she could see me from the kitchen and she came out because we were in like a year the year it was like 100 yards from the house right so i went to go see her and uh i was like can you uh explain where the where the compost pile is uh because i couldn't find it and she goes oh it usually doesn't need to be taken out so quickly which is a <laughs> totally unnecessary comment that was just a dig at how big your shits are but nice the, the salt in the wound of that is that the red shed was just a shed with a red door it wasn't red in any way shape or form except for the fucking door I don't know well, if I'd have seen a shed that had a red door, like, and that was the only shed, I would have, I would have assumed, I like to also, think that like, that was the shed. There was a lot of outbuildings, and I can't tell, I can't tell the difference between a shed and a barn. But also, it's not good to make assumptions with a bucket full of shit. That's, <laughs> that's true too. You want to be precise with your bucket of shit instructions. I want to make absolutely sure I'm not putting this in somebody's home. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what oh, yeah, that was my office. You dump your shit bucket. <laughs> it was definitely like the most like relieved I've ever been to find a huge pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could dump my shit on top of it. Oh, boy. This is the That's most a lot of dung. honeymoon I've ever heard of. I know. I was thinking like it's a good thing it was our honeymoon and not like our first trip away together because there was just no. <laughs> It's just like straight up, like twice I had to take out a bucket full of piss and shit and throw it in a big pile. Jesus. Oh my so, God. well, so how was it otherwise? Like the yurt experience? <laughs> Bowel movements aside, how, yeah. was, how was the rest of your weekend? It was, it was awesome. Like the, uh, it kept like there were kept being storms, but then there would be like enough time in between to go like hiking. We got on two really good hikes. Like I sent you guys pictures. Yep. And then, uh, but like the yurt had like a, a, a skylight and there was like a huge storm our second night there. And we had just smoked a big joint and like a pre-roll. And we were just like like sitting on the couch, looking up at the skylight, watching like the thunder and lightning and eating lemon lime pie all stoned. It was fucking great. That's a good time. And then the next day we climbed a mountain and saw some uh, sheep. Nice. Oh, I a, and I got attacked by turkeys. That you should have gotten a video of. I will. I, I wish Hannah had gotten a video because I was like, I went to go take a pictures pictures of all the animals on the farm, and I was like, oh, turkeys, and I just walked up to them to take a picture, like they were ducks or pigeons or whatever, and they fucking came charging at me, and I literally shrieked and ran away, like, <laughs> and then like Hannah is like kind of from the countryish area, so she handles animals a lot better than I do, and I turn around and she's just walking slowly away from the turkeys and laughing at me. Hilarious. That is pretty okay, damn good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. That's awesome. We all could have been there like as planned, but you know, that thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, you know, I mean there 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 will be a, a hopefully a time and a place where we can all get together and get all shitty and Yeah, next summer. Yeah, there you go. Already how's uh how's the married life treating you? It's ex exactly the same as being engaged. <laughs> we've been, uh, I mean, we've been living together for three years. So it was funny because we had like, you know, this whirlwind of like the ceremony 
coming like going doing it so on such short notice and then like it was you know really emotional and then like this like weird awesome two two and a half days in a yurt with uh no cell phones or electricity or anything and then like it felt like i should it felt like everything should have changed but then we just came home and like Hannah had to go to work the next day and like i had to like go canvassing or whatever it was and then life just kept going yeah man but uh i I was surprised you didn't cry um i did cry a little bit you just couldn't tell in the video okay hannah seemed a lot more like uh she was definitely trying to compose herself yeah uh, yeah that was very adorable yeah ellen also my sister and her toast started started crying but i didn't post the video of that oh but it was no uh no big catholic wedding but it was it was uh it was very us i think in the end was there anything uh like jewish about it like what did you guys have like is she uh does she practice i know we're doing an episode about catholicism but i have to ask like i mean what like was there any kind of uh like I don't know, like a Jewish thing. What do you call it? What do you call this thing? Like a a thing. What, what's the fucking well, word I'm looking for? Like a I don't know, man. well, there's a hopa. That's what goes over the wedding couple. Usually, it's like a little arch made of wood. Uh, and then I don't know. Like no, no, there was no Jewish element. It was actually more Catholic than Jewish because my mom read uh, a Bible verse. Is she, is does is uh does is Hannah like a does she practice like Judaism? No. Like, her? No. okay. Neither does her family. No, no, they're very okay. secular. Nice. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't know. Now that I know that that was Hannah's mom that married you, I was gonna say that lady was very like. She seemed very, like, uh, I don't know, like, like liberal. I don't know. It was very. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I, I should have mentioned that it was her mom because it's like it's, otherwise it'd be a huge liberty for her to take to just read a poem she wrote <laughs> at our right. wedding. <laughs> that's the thing is I was just like, man, this lady's really imposing. She's like, my poem is worthy enough for this stranger's couple or wedding. It's uh, yeah, this is fitting. That makes sense. Yeah, no, uh, we can wrap this up. Cause, but uh, the the. Uh, the only, the only Jewish thing that happened, the only Jewish moment was provided by my dad, ironically, because he ended his uh, ended his toast with L'chaim, L'chaim, oh. L'chaim and Slancha, he said. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought it, you were going to say he was like, Mazel Tov. And that was no, it. it's funny because like, I, know, I know what L'chaim means, but I don't actually know what Slancha means. I just I, to me, it's like it means let's drink the whiskey or what whatever. What does L'chaim mean? To <laughs> life. Ah, okay. May all your futures be pleasant ones, not like our present ones. Drink the time to life, to life, the time. The time, the time to life. Then take some wedding to make a say, let's live another day. Drink the time to life. Right on. Mm-hmm. I was it's just all very it's, endearing. It's, it's fitting for you as a... Uh, a lapsed Catholic boy to marry a secular Jewish girl. Yeah. Yes. Very on brand. And have a wedding that like no church on earth would ever recognize as being. <laughs> <laughs> I think that only the state of Connecticut considers us married right now. Right. Well, Ohio and Slancha. Speaking speaking of Judaism, let's. Oh wait, the fuck. We have to do. Of course. Let's sing it, boys. 
I went low that time. I usually go high. So, um, let's let Ben get started. He's been itching to do this for so long. I, I have, I have. This is, uh, and by the way, you know, since you already kind of, uh, you know, revealed the, a peek behind the curtain, Dan, this it's been a month since we did this. In that month, I've had this beer of the week waiting, not one, not two, but now I think 10 beers of the week are on deck for me because I keep fucking running into these sales. These sweet succulent sales of like fifty percent off, like these awesome six packs and stuff. So I've just been racking up beers, but um, uh, anyway, I sweet succulent sales, <laughs> delicious. Yeah, but uh, at any rate, I am ending my series on New Belgium beers. Oh shit! Uh, I forgot we were in the middle of the New Belgium series. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm finally ending it. This beer, like, think about it. It's been four weeks since we recorded, and it was four weeks before I, this beer was already singing in, sitting in my That's fucking fridge for four weeks. Truly. So it's been two months, two months since that I've been waiting to do this beer. Truly uh, admirable restraint. Yeah, oh, God, tell me. And the only way I was able to achieve it is I, I keep it out of the fridge until, you know, a day before it, it's, it's going to happen. But uh, but regardless of that, so it's a New Belgium shift is the beer. It is a pale lager. I forgot to look up any copy on this beer, but it's uh, exactly 5% alcohol. It's a pale lager. Like I said, I'm going to take another sip here. Mm. Mm. It is a, uh, it's, it's quite, it is a pale ale, as you can see there. Well, it's not. Yeah. Different yeast, different yeast, very oh, important. Oh, yeah, what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, pale lager, sorry. So um, it's uh, it's very pale. There's no haze to it whatsoever, obviously. It's not an IPA, which obviously I, I usually prefer, as we all know. But, uh, you know, I mean, lagers are fine. Lagers are great. I mean, the beer of life, as we know, old style is a lager. You know, your normal beers are a lager. This is just a, a step up from that. It's... Um, it's good. I mean, you know what? I mean, what can you say? I mean, I saved this one for last for a reason because it's kind of like the least uh, exciting one to me because because of the fact that it is a lager. It's basically just me drinking a fancier uh, old style that I'm used to. But it's uh, you know, I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, when it, when it comes to lagers, I mean, how different? I don't know. It's like I, they, to me, they all. How different can they be, really? Well, if they're advertising that one as a pale lager, I feel like it's probably more hoppy than a, like a like a pilsner. Oh yeah, that that's true. I mean, it's and it's and I suppose that is true. Now that you say that, it is definitely a little bit more hoppy. Um, all right, so apparently it's called Shift because the new Belgium co-workers work in shifts <laughs> to brew this uh, world-class beer. Uh, those efforts are rewarded daily with a shared end of shift beer. All right. I'm not getting paid by new Belgium. I don't have to say any of this shit, but yeah, you know what it is. And that, that's what it is. It's basically like a, a combination of a pale ale and a lager. I get that now. And, um, One yeah, could have I guess it, that from the name without having to do any research. You know what? Shut up. 
But, uh... Shut up. So what do you give it? What do you give it? I would give this a uh, 3.25. It's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's a good effort. I like it, and it is fine. You know, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I mean, if you were to, to uh, you know, just to have, like, a regular-ass lager laying around, like a fucking... You know, I mean, any cheap lager or whatever, and then, and then, but then this. I mean, obviously, I take this because there is a little bit of that pale ale element, but it's a pale lager, obviously, and um, and I like it just fine. It's fine. It's good. Three point two five. I'm satisfied with that ranking, and it's a fine beer. Who's next? By the who? Yeah, you guys go. All right, I'll go last. So Sarah and I, We've got the same one this week. Same one this so week. So this I, will be quick. Yeah, I doubler. I couldn't double prizes. I couldn't find one that I. I was actually looking for a lager or a pilsner because that's what I'm in the mood for lately, and I couldn't really find one. But I did see a beer that reminds me of summertime. Um, that I actually drank a lot at Martin's Corner Bar and Grill in Pilsen that. 22nd place in Hoyne. They are trying to cope with the COVID era by adding seating outside, finally. They used to have this on tap uh, a summer when a former roommate of ours uh, worked there as a bartender, and I would go in and get it all the time. It's Revolution Brewing's Sun Crusher, which is a hoppy wheat ale. It's very good. It's even better on tap than it is in the can. Uh, But... It is a little, it's hoppy, but it's not too hoppy. It's got just the right amount of hops. Um, the hops do kind of take away from the the wheat beer kind of aspect of it, just because the hop flavor is, you know, powerful like that, I guess. But overall, it's good. It's it's lighter than a standard IPA, like, flavor-wise, I guess. So it suits my uh, taste this summer a little bit more. I've been just going for lighter crisper beers so wait is it did you say that is it an ipa no it's a hoppy wheat ale oh right you did say that okay so it's like uh, a a wheat ale would be so like a, a 312 or um a blue moon right those are wheat ales that's the uh, yeah tim verify this i'm sorry i wasn't paying attention you fucker <laughs> what was the question i'm sorry i don't know we're gonna just i'm just gonna talk now okay Okay. that's fair what i was gonna do because of catholicism was drink red wine but i couldn't make that happen today like the blood of christ so that's why i'm doing this yeah that's what and yeah that's what i'm gonna do that's why i'm doing the same beer as dan and Honestly, I've been sitting here nursing this one, trying to like it. <laughs> I have to say, I really don't like it. I don't like wheat ales either, Sarah. And I really like the can. It's like orange and yellow. And, you know, it's summertime. It's Leo season. It all fits. But I just really don't like it. I'm sorry, everyone. Hey, you know what? They're not. They don't all have to be winners. You know, big rate it. I guess I'd say I'd give it a two. Yeah, speak from your heart. Give that shit a two. I feel like it's probably like yeasty, banana-y, like maybe wheat ales tend to be. Yeah, I'm not going to rate it that high. I'll give it a 3.25, I think maybe a 3. It's good. 
but it's not what I remember. I think that was, uh, there's some nostalgia factor involved in those memories of just it being hot and, uh, it being summer and, uh, so yeah, that's uh revolution brewing sun crusher, hoppy wheat ale. Tim, what do you got? Uh, so I have, um, a wreck from my buddy, Julius, who, uh, has turned me on to a couple good beers now. Uh, the other one was the Bitburger Pilsner, but the one I'm having tonight is uh, Dogfish Head Midas Touch, uh, Dogfish Head out of Milton, Delaware, which I think is near Philly, uh, but I don't know anything about Delaware. And this is part of their Ancient Ale series, which I did not even know about. Uh, apparently, for a long time, Dogfish Head has worked with uh, this doctor. His name's Patrick McGovern. I think he's at, yeah, he's at um, McGovern? Patrick McGovern is his name. Any relation to uh, Dan? Who's that McGovern guy from the Thompson book? George McGovern. Yeah. The, yeah. He was running against Nixon, right? Yeah. Any well, relation? He was running for the I have no fucking guy. idea. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so they've been working with this guy to bring – this is an ancient ale, and they've been like working with this guy, and they found uh, – so the ingredients from this beer uh, – this beer is made with ingredients from a 2,700-year-old drinking vessel in, from the tomb of King Midas. What the uh, fuck? I know, right? Speaking so, of that, Mike. So it's got... I am, asshole. So it's got... No, uh, you sounded a lot clearer for a second there. So it's got... Um, so it's got barley, uh, honey, uh, muscat grapes, or muscat grapes, which they used to make moscato, which is that very sweet, bubbly white wine. And uh, saffron, muskrat grapes. Um, so this is apparently what King Midas was into, but uh, I honestly went into this with super low expectations because I don't really like spiced ales that much. Or and it's like you know it has honey, so it's kind of like a mead. I'm not really a mead guy. And then it's also got like the sweet white grapes, which I am not into the sweet white wines at all. But is that the, what uh, mead is? It's a honey-based beer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like a. I would. I should have looked it up, but I didn't. It's a. It's a fermented drink that has. I think just honey is a. Is a uh, sweetener. Maybe I don't. I don't think you can. Maybe you can make alcohol from sugars and honey, but I'm not sure about that. That's interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, it's super interesting because it tastes like. White wine and honey, it's as advertised, it tastes like white wine and honey, but the sweetness of the grapes is really cut by the barley like body, like the barley back. So like it's not as like cloyingly sweet. And uh, I don't know really how to rate it. I mean, it's good. I wouldn't I don't know if I would make it a regular purchase, but definitely something I would buy every now and then. It almost feels like it would go well as like a dessert drink. I don't know how to rate it because I don't. I've never had an a, a, a beer made from uh, ancient ingredients before. Yeah, it's hard uh, to grade this one on a curve because you don't have anything to compare it to. So, but I mean, it's very high quality. It tastes good. It's nine percent alcohol. Um, I, I, I'm gonna have to just go. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to just go with um, a four. Yeah, that makes sense. A four. It's good. If we uh, drink any more Midas beer, then uh, <laughs> any other ancient beers, then uh, I guess we'll have to adjust the scale. It's not the years, it's the mileage.
We're simple people, us Catholics. Mm -hmm. There was a wedding, and so we're happy. Yeah, yeah. Also, since you didn't have to travel, I expect you guys to send me a lot of money now, like the equivalent well, of what. Just, a, the equivalent you just of a, sent me five dollars, so <laughs> <laughs> and that's the opposite of what you should have done. Shut up and take my money. I expect the equivalent of a pre-COVID plane ticket. I think right now, I mean, Jesus Christ, what do you think the fucking plane tickets are like right now? Probably oh, like dude, have you seen, does anyone ever watch live TV anymore? Would you see the the Southwest Airlines commercials? Where they're like, oh my God, they're fucking, they're Verhoeven-esque. It's like, uh, fly, there's Marines shooting bugs. Like it's like we're keeping like we're keeping you safe by leaving our center aisle our center seats open, and if you fly with us, like it's like rates for a fall getaway for forty starting at forty nine ninety nine round trip, and oh then it's God. like wow, that, see that that's a that's a price that's so low they're going you're going to die you can't fly for like forty nine dollars round trip and at the end of the commercial it goes would you like to know more. Yeah, but then no, because here's the Verhoeven esque part is that like you get to the end of the commercial and it's like, plus, if you fly with us now, you'll get to experience our enhanced cleaning procedures. Would you like to know more? Fancy. Like, that's, you know what? I, I will admit, every time I'm on a plane, I'm always like, I could have taken a car or a train, but I'm in it to see those enhanced cleaning procedures. Yeah, like, that's right? why yeah. I buy the ticket, you know, yeah. to take that ride. Yeah, they like selling that as a perk is like the fucking craziest, most like, like dystopian capitalist thing I've seen in a long time. Everyone's doing their part. Are you? So yeah, it's uh, episode thirteen. Kids are asleep. Talked about beer. Now we got to talk about Catholicism, folks. Uh, <laughs> Nobody's excited for this one. <laughs> get ready to get depressed. What are we doing here? You promised you'd visit the penguin the day you got out. Yeah? So I lied to him. You can't lie to a nun. We gotta go in and visit the penguin. No fucking way. Well, I think we were talking about yesterday or recently that it's fitting that it falls on 13 mm. because Catholics are ghouls. Yes. Yeah. And they're also a superstitious lot. They they are yes. absolutely like I don't I don't know about any other religion. And a lot of this episode is gonna be us speaking wildly out of turn about Catholicism. A bunch of people who don't like go to Catholic church, like vigorously hating on Catholicism while also being chauvinistic about it. That's my prediction for this episode. Does that yeah. sound accurate to you guys? Uh, you yeah. might be surprised. Well, Oh, this is where, <laughs> this is the M. Night Shyamalan twist. We're going to find out that Tim loves Catholicism. <laughs> well, I actually, I have a story to start uh, just because we were bringing up how ghoulish Catholics are. And we've mentioned that on other episodes. Um, several times like catholics you know an angel angel's just a nice ghost you know that's a, that's a friendly ghost is an angel or also, something. demons yeah. are real and they will and can possess you your mother sucks cocks in hell <laughs> they'll get your ass so watch it i had a priest once tell me 
like come into our class, our sixth grade class, and it's like, none of y'all better be fucking with Ouija boards. You didn't say that. That priest. Yeah, not that way. That priest actually, incidentally. <laughs> that was not verbatim. No, not verbatim. That priest actually killed a person later on. Oh, but, shit. Um, We're getting to it early. Yeah, well, that's that's just very strange. Clearly, the, he didn't take us on his voice, and he played yeah, with the Ouija board. Boards, yeah. 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 by a demon, and then ran a lady over in a parking lot after having too much wine. So, oh, that was that happened recently. That was yeah, yeah. Well, that, was, that priest. Holy shit! Last Christmas time, that, right? That was my the my childhood parish priest. My holy mom. shit. This is Chicago's very own WGN Saturday Evening News. Bond is set at $10,000 for a retired priest accused in a deadly hit and run in Orland Park this week. The judge said Bond would have been much higher had it not been for the man's lifelong service to the Catholic Church. I didn't know that. All the ladies in the church loved him so much. And uh, yeah, that's weird. Should we not mention his name? I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, how many, I mean, how many father? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how many Father Pauls are there? Plus, there's a million Father Pauls. His name was Father Paul. I, this was, so, a little bit of background for me as well. So, Dan, you went to Our Lady of the Ridge in Chicago Ridge. I, like, basically the only thing I have to contribute to this entire topic is that, like, I went to see, or, wait, is it CCD? CCD. Yeah, call it religious at now, but yeah. Right. So, basically, to me, all it was, like, the only thing religion meant to me was fuck, I have to go back to school on fucking Sundays, you know? <laughs> and so, and where I went to CCD on Sundays was Dan's school during the week. I went to Our Lady. That was our church growing we up. Republic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so my, my priest was this Father Paul who went on to, again, mow down and kill an old lady while he was drunk. Like, so, uh, yeah, just... They were at. And, you know, the one thing I will say, though, probably not a diddler. Doesn't seem like he was a diddler. I heard someone. I forget where I heard this, but someone made the joke. I don't know if this is in real life or on TV or something that like every priest is either a drunk priest or a molesting priest. Yeah. 100%. 100%. First of all, I'm sure there's both. Like, I'm sure there's one that falls into both categories. 100%. But at least one of those two. Right. Yeah, both of my priests, first of all, they were growing in grammar school. They were a million years old when I started kindergarten. And I think they're dead now, but it took a long time for them to die. And they were both straight off the boat from Ireland. And they just got drunk all the time. So many events, they were like, oh, father so-and-so can't do mass today. This was in California that you had yeah. these priests. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, drunks. so Irish Catholicism is like, everywhere, right? I mean, like, oh, it's, yeah. Now, Irish now people I, are everywhere. We like just like like cockroaches. We like skitter scatter around and have a million was babies. The same little fighting Irish oh, leprechaun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. No, our school is a Saint Mel. <laughs> Saint yeah, Mel. The patron yeah. saint yeah. of Delhi's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, what the fuck is Mel the saint of? Like, I don't know. I don't even remember what the story is. Pastrami on rye. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only Jewish saint. Yeah. Well, I was just 
the the story that I was going to tell before we like went in real hot and it escalated very quickly with uh, the priest killing a guy or killing a lady. Yeah, you came so, in hot with that one. I thought we were going to like, I thought we were going to like meander into it. I know I did too. And then it just came up. But here like, we are. But here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. So that's gone. That's, that's under the bridge now. Yeah, <laughs> like let's start strong. Yeah. Priests just kill people. Behind us. Like that lady was behind him after. Sorry. That's real bad. Oh boy. And like, I saw his mugshot. That motherfucker looked disheveled who he didn't know where the fuck he was or how many lives he'd taken <laughs> man it's a bad book yeah man and, and he was he's an irish catholic priest right uh, no he's uh polish oh okay all right well the glaring thing about catholicism is the hypocrisy yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. like it's defining characteristic right I mean, like, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, uh, like I'm from a, like, you know, I'm half Mexican. I say half Mexican, but really according to ancestry.com, I'm only what? about 30% Mexican. You've been yeah. Mexican the whole time? I know. Newsflash. Get out of here. I'll leave. Yeah. Uh, which way? Where's the exit? I'll, I'll show myself we're, out. We're all Trump supporters here. I don't know if we've made that clear. But, uh, <laughs> They're losers. They're just losers. Show us, show us your papers, Ben. I, well, yeah, they're uh, in my glove box. Let me go get them right now. Um, all right. So the story that I was trying to enter us light on and completely failed, I flubbed now. You're the one who did it, by the way. I, I got to say Hail Mary's on that one. But uh, what I actually was going to say, we were talking about how they're fucking, the Catholics are a superstitious lot because this is episode 13. I can't picture another like mainstream denomination where like they would go ghost hunting. But I have literally been ghost hunting with a priest. Get like, the fuck he was, out! He was, he was like one my, What? He was like a cousin. Of, that sounds like a setup, my friend. Nobody here has been molested by a priest. We're not going to spend the entire episode talking about how priests are pedophiles. Right. Well, we're going to make a couple of those jokes, but it's not the entire thrust of the episode. Right. Anyway. So, no, no, no. My aunt was there. He was like a cousin of my like mom. <laughs> that, that, that makes it okay. Yeah. My no, the part of this is that it's his aunt with him, too. <laughs> Oh my god. So, so do it. What happened? So I have this yeah. great book, uh, Chicago Haunts, that I actually have somewhere up here. Yeah. Chicago Haunts, Ghosts of Ghost Lore of the Windy City by Ursula Bils Bilski. And uh it tracks. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um it's a really great book and it has a lot about history and sociology and kind of cultural anthropology about Chicago that goes along with all the kind of collective ghost stories. So I was really into this book and like my aunt and this priest who was her cousin. Um, so I guess my second cousin or whatever, like there was this site that was like an old, like timey factory or something like that. It was like a small industrial site that had been abandoned for ages. And it was just a cool excuse to go walk around and get some exercise. You know, it's not like we got together with the express purpose of going and finding a ghost, but, uh, I yeah, know. regular like, Catholic. I don't, I don't think, yeah. Right, yeah, you know, regular Catholic. Like while we're walking around, 
while we're walking around, we might as well walk around a decrepit industrial site stained with the blood of migrant workers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, me legs got gimpy. Food provide for me, little one. <laughs> and just generally be on the lookout for ghouls, spirits, and other ghastly goblins. Like... <laughs> All right. Was it, all right. So was this guy? Did he have a walkie-talkie? And was he like, no. you know, he was, was like, all right, cue cue the ghost in the trees. It was '90s style ghost hunting where you walk around and look for something spooky and wait for something weird to happen and nothing does, and then you go home and go, that place is kind of cool. Did where did you guys go? I forget. I mean, I was younger, so I don't really. I mean, if you're looking for ghosts in the area, clearly the place to go is Bachelors Grove. I don't know why. That wouldn't have been the the place to go. We'll save that for the paranormal episode. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, Bachelors Grove is interesting too because that's like kind of a forgotten cemetery. But Chicago, like in the southwest side of Chicago, especially, is a land of cemeteries. Giant, sprawling Catholic cemeteries are were just like a constant feature of life growing up yeah, over here. All those babies we have are eventually dead people. So like we yeah, gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, gotta have that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely Dude. the most uh you know positive way to think about it. It's like all my family is buried at Holy Sepulchre. And you go in and you type our family last name and it's like hundreds Jesus. of people. <laughs> Like, doesn't that just like, that's like one of the reasons why I want to get cremated because it's just like, dude, like eventually we're going to run out of land. And it's like when that happens and more houses need to be built, clearly there's going to be a poltergeist situation. You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones. My, my post-death plan, which I think is very funny. It's just I want someone to like stick me fully dressed head first into like a, a city garbage can with like, <laughs> like my legs and my shoes sticking out and then just like wheel me out to the curb. <laughs> oh my I've God. always said that if like I have to be like if for whatever reason, uh, you know, I, my family goes totally against my wishes and does not allow me to be cremated and like you know i'm i'm uh you know it's like i'm in a casket and all that uh the, the music i want played is uh spanish flea by herb albert and the tijuana brass and i want my dead body to be strung up by strings like a marionette and then hoisted by pulleys so that i do like a funky little dance while it's playing <laughs> We really are all Catholic. We all have our death plan. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say, like, yeah. my, my mother has had instructions for her funeral. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, every, more than they plan their ever, wedding. Every wake we've ever gone to. For my <laughs> you know how I want it to be that, for me. That she wants the Beatles and, like, That's clean cool. and fun music playing. And, like, there's no beer. Those are the oh, my two. God. My, my aunt said the most Irish Catholic shit the other day. She just said, uh, Regarding oh, my lucky charms, oh, <laughs> Bigora. Where are my potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. The whole house is full of potatoes. Uh, yeah. Before we kind of half eloped, uh, like I was, my my aunt, she's not that old, but you know, there's COVID and all that stuff, and she was like. If, you know, she's like, if I don't make it through the COVID ep- epidemic, I'm going to have your mother bring my ashes to your wedding. 
I was thinking about earlier that I feel like is common with all Catholic mothers. They are just fonts of terribly sad stories. Oh yeah. Like every, I mean, every time I talk to my mom, there's somebody that she knows about who's like, Oh, did you hear what, what my so-and-so has a brain tumor. Oh no, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. And he just had a new baby and you know, they go through, you know, just the whole sob story of everyone is like, where do you find these people, lady? Yeah. Every time. And it's like, oh, Jesus. And it's the most terrifying, unlucky turn of yeah. events uh, in somebody's life. And then, and then, you know, oh, now the baby has a brain tumor, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Always. Oh, my God. I mean, that's it. That's it, right? That, I mean, like, that's what I was Catholics or is that just Irish people? No, that's all because, like, I mean, uh, I was bringing this point up earlier. Too. I was just going to say, like, I brought up the fact earlier and I didn't even get to end it because you guys were all so surprised that I'm Mexican. Uh, but like <laughs> I, I am. And, uh, and 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 growing up with a Mexican Catholic mother is just like I mean, it's, it's probably not much different than an Irish Catholic mother, I, I presume. But it's all just so depressing, like the entire like it's all centered around how shitty I should feel that Jesus died for my sins and I'm masturbating and playing video games all the time. Like, you know, just like, you know, it's like, you should feel real bad. Like, what have you done? Jesus died for you. And what the fuck are you doing? Jesus died for you. And what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Nothing. Oh man. No, I mean, but like, that's the guilt. That's another thing. And like, I'm just talking about the misery, the sadness, like some dude fell off a ladder at the Chicago Ridge mall one time. And my mom was like, oh, oh, my God, did you hear? Like, like almost immediately. Like, I didn't I didn't need to see it on the news or anything like that. Like, you know, they just know oh, they yeah. just wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Somebody fell off a ladder at the Chicago Ridge Mall. They just wake up in a cold like, sweat. Oh, we lost another one. Like, again, and before, on the way before to COVID, her son's like, funeral, she got hit by a car. Yeah. Before COVID, like every time I talked to my mom, and I was like, "What's up? What's what's been going on?" She'd be like, "Oh, I was just it's awake." Like every like that's all old Catholic <laughs> is going so away. Catholics go to weddings and they go to wakes. Yeah, I will that's, say that's though, and and baptisms. What when the wake is for some really old person who like died of natural causes? Those are parties, man. Oh my god, those are bangers. My grandmother's wake was the shit was the shit those are her those are her wishes my whole life she's like it better be a party nobody better cry there better not be one tear oh my god (laughs) at my wake or funeral you better just be party we like tailgated basically we we kind of i think made a bad impression on the funeral home people yeah you fucking think so one of you your your cousin had to get fucking like carried out of there (laughs) (laughs) were you there Jim, why are you in all of my memories? You invited me. <laughs> well, now I You're feel like, like shit because I wasn't invited to this wake. Sure what the fuck? I'm sure you were invited to my de- dead grandma's party of her death. Oh, my God. You literally well, said, we're going to my grandmother's wake to get drunk. Do you want to come with? And I said, <laughs> yes. And I got in the back seat of the car. Yeah, as you should. Yeah. As and I had to should. work the next day and I was so hungover. 
Because we were just standing in the so and then the next day I killed the eulogy. No pun intended. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I brought the house down. That's rough. Just saying. Well, that honestly reminds me of another hilarious Catholic story because, like, you know, Catholics got to show up. You know, that's the other thing. It's like, it's such an old ritualistic kind of thing. And in certain places, it becomes such a part of the culture that, like, whether or not you believe doesn't matter. You're just enmeshed in that shit anyway. Like, I still go back to the church that I was raised as. Like, We're I was, ethnically Catholic. Yeah. But, culturally um, Catholic, for so sure. I, there was, culturally, yes. Um, What's the, uh, what do you call it? There was a wedding that Sarah and I and my cousin were all standing up in. <laughs> and I like so this one. it's the same aunt that went ghost went hunting. Ghost hunting. Yes. Um, but so, so like we're all standing up and my mom isn't feeling well and my cousin's mom isn't feeling well. And both of them have wanted to go because it's a Catholic ceremony and we're all standing up and blah, 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 blah. So, Neither both of both of the moms who wanted to be there were sick. So my aunt, their sister, came got drafted. Got drafted to go and like show up in the back of the church and like hey and take a picture and just a bear witness. You know what I mean? They had to send one of the sisters to uh to go yeah. and just, you know a representative the family. From the family, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where we go one, we go all. Exactly. Oh boy! So who went to oh. who went to church every Sunday? Because I did for no, I don't know, until I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I went to Catholic school for all grammar and high school, and but my parents were like dysfunctional and also delinquent, and really didn't know why they were sending us to Catholic school. Just except that's what you did. So it was like, none of us liked going, <laughs> but my dad wanted the tuition discount. Like if you went often enough and they saw you tithe an amount of times, you got le- more taken off of your tuition or whatever. Oh my God. Had, yeah. But I had the kind of dad who would, uh, like we would dip out after communion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not have parents like Dan. I feel like that's like a loophole. A loophole we all invented is that it's okay to leave after communion. (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. My priest, my priest used to give like lectures to stem the flow of people leaving after communion. He's like, you have to stay until the end of service. But no, that's again going back to it being so ritualistic and cultural. Yeah, it's like "Ah, I got the bread, whatever. Whatever. No, dude. But like, I mean, like, I think like a Catholic church though, for the at least you know, I mean, at Our Lady, it was set up this way. It's like. It's kind of like uh, it's set up in such a way that like it invite. It, it's kind of like ditching a pep rally. Like there's all this yeah. hubbub going around. Like you know, like you get to this point of the uh, of of the church service where everyone's uh, you know is that what communion is? Where like I know you go up and you you know you you eat the bread wafer and you drink the thing, but then like there's also that part where they're like, Oh, shake hands with everyone like next to you or whatever. Mm, and you say, whatever, peace. may the forest be with you or whatever it is. And the sign of peace is before communion. The right. kiss of peace. And so at that, so when everybody's shaking hands, that's when like, you know, usually uh, that that's the time to dip. It's like, okay, everybody's standing up, everybody's shaking no, then hands. You don't get the, then you don't get the wafer. Oh, that's right. Man, and like you know what's fucking crazy is like it, it was always kind of morbid to me that like uh, 
I never understood like um, just the whole like body of Christ. Like, I, I don't know, like, like that whole thing. Like, I'm just like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, what, what is that supposed to mean? Like, okay, yeah, great. I'm eating. Substantiation versus consubstantiation. I'm eating in Christ's body and drinking his blood. Like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Drinking. It's representative of his know. sacrifice. Oh, I see. Okay. So I was supposed to just feel more guilty. I so see. Like going yes, back to that, the uh, going back to the Jesus died for your sins thing. That's like some heavy shit to like lay on. Like, I think the first time I heard that I was like in first grade, like the Jesus died yeah. for my sins. And it's like, what, which sins did I do? I don't even know what sins right. are. Yet. <laughs> I haven't even done any <laughs> sins yet. Like give me time. It's yeah. died for your sins and not our sins. Yeah. Because yeah. I think all the better Catholics that I've ever met, it's always been our sins. And like good Catholicism is a communal kind of thing. Like, oh, no, but they definitely engage in multiple forms of child abuse. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was thinking earlier today about in the fifth grade, they were teaching us early that abortion is always wrong, right? fifth grade this is also in the context of them teaching us like catholic school version of sex ed so Family we're like getting separated. yeah we're getting separated between girls and boys but then put back together to like finish the lesson and they're talking to us i'm i was a fifth grade girl and people of course were like asking questions and somebody in the class said something about an eptopic pregnancy i don't think they called it that but it was like what did what if you're for sure going to die from being pregnant? Like you're for sure going to die. Can you have one then? And the teacher was like, no, you have to just die. Yeah. <laughs> or you have an abortion. Then later when you die, you're going to go to hell. Yeah. Looks like you're SOL. A grown people told me that when I was what? 11. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, man. That's definitely enough yeah. to fuck a, a kid up. That's not. Well, I mean, and they don't even yeah, like, they don't even fill you in on the loophole, which they really should, is that you can have 30 abortions and just confess them and you'll yeah. be fine. Well, <laughs> yeah, right? A couple Hail Marys, you're about, good to go. Something that's weird about, I feel like the people who like, they get to teach children about religion. It's like the people who minister to adults are way better at religion because adults have to deal in like real life and real complexities and shit. And that's why there's confession. You know what I yeah. mean? But like the people that they, I think about this guy, this religion teacher I had in like my freshman year of high school. And he's like, like just the dumb fucking bullshit piss poor. I don't think theologically sound in the slightest metaphors he was using. Or it's like, if you're supposed to be doing your homework or you're praying and the phone rings and you stop praying to pick up the phone. That's the devil on the phone. Even if the, that 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 even if your mom's on the phone, the devil. That sounds like Protestant shit. Like that's what I mean. That's what I think. So many of these people are just like just religious fundy nutbags yeah. who want to use it and like fuck that shit. Get your fundamentalist like Protestant nonsense the hell out of my ancient death cult, please. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Like that's always like I, that always gives me a, a stomach ache when I see this like creeping American Protestantism seeping into uh, good old fashioned Roman Catholicism with like our shit. Yeah, like guitar masses and shit. Get your fucking pieces off my goddamn door. We're the original. Yeah. We're the real church. If I want to have 
a flayed, bleeding Jesus just <laughs> leering <laughs> over my parishioners as they pray. That's my right. God damn it. Yeah. And if I want to wear that same image around my neck every day for my entire life. Do other religions do uh, confession? I have no mm. idea. Not like the Catholics. Not like the Catholics. I go to a Methodist church now, and they only have two sacraments compared to the Catholic seven. Ooh. And confession is not one of them. Although they do believe you can, like you, they believe it's directly to God that you don't need anybody to intercede for you. Mm. That you just there's a time in church service to just confess, but you do that in the privacy of your own mind. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like have you guys has anybody here ever done a confession? Yeah, oh, yeah. every week of my life for, for over a decade yeah that's insane like I, like so like when you're a kid like what kind of shit like wouldn't you have to like i only i can only imagine that like you had to like scramble for ideas like oh uh i stepped on a twig i swallowed yeah. a i was mean like, what do you want i was mean to my sister yeah yeah, I was yeah. mean to my sister was like every time yeah, that was your that was the ace in the hole it's like ah <laughs> uh, i follow my brother and sister right also, I was a little goody two shoes, little shit. So, like, I really didn't like every week. I, like, I did all my homework. I read books for fun. Like, you know. Yes. Also, like, I, it's like I, I have know. way more shit to confess now. You know. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I murder homeless sure. people. I mean, <laughs> I'm Mexican. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He put glasses on so people will think he's smart. And it's, it just doesn't work. You know, people can see through the glasses. <laughs> that's all right. We have to confess that we're Irish, too. It's, it's, know, uh, right? it, it's, it's, uh, it's also like looking back now, knowing everything we now know about what Catholic priests were up to when we were kids. is like the fact that you went into a, like a oh, little yeah. locked booth with a priest to tell him about Dude. jerking off. It's like, yeah, like that's the thing, up. man. He's fucking like that confession is like at least 50 percent to blame. For like priests molesting children because it's just yeah. like oh yeah like i'm in this little booth and this kid's telling me all this like all these juicy details and it's just like oh yeah then then what did you do johnny huh like oh yeah. you sniffed yeah. those panties huh what were they oh. like it's just like it's keep going you know like i mean just like what the fuck man like that's like a fucking like it's just weird like why adults would- are not oh. like the parents of or maybe another very close adult should be in a locked room with a child. Yeah. There's just no reason for it. Especially not to like, be like inherently you're bad and have in the last week have sinned in such a horrible way that you need to confess to this strange old 85 year old drunken man. (laughs) Your innermost secrets. Hello, teenager who is experiencing puberty and hormones and is horny for the first time in their entire lives. And whose genitals are literally like throbbing. Right. Like here is here is a man who has been a virgin for 60 years. <laughs> Tell him about your problems. Yeah, it makes He'll be no so sense. understanding. No, and again, I, it's a lot of child abuse. I mean, yeah. but beyond the pedophilia, there's other like lower forms of it that are going on there. Oh yeah. How many times do you think a teenage boy has been confessing about like jerking off? in like a confessional booth and then gotten a boner because he's talking about jerking off. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the priest <laughs> is jerking off. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why, like also like they fucking it back the Catholic guilt backfires. Cause I've never, uh, never once in my like life ever confessed to masturbating. 
which is supposedly a sin because there's no fucking way I would ever say that shit to a priest. Right, right, right. Right. Well, I have this memory of, uh, so I was an altar server. Were you guys altar servers? No, no. Isn't that, is that, that's that's catechism, right? Isn't that what that's called? No, it's when you're up there with the little bells on the, during mass and you like assist the mass. Okay. You hold the book, the big book. It was basically like expected of you at my school. Like you were seen as a real degenerate if you didn't like sign up to be an altar server. But it was very new. I don't think we were the first year, but really close to being the first year where they allowed girls. But out of the three, they would allow maximum one girl. And they sent a letter home to the whole school saying, we've made this decision because the girls will quote unquote spook the boys. (laughs) And I remember my dad just like, like shaking with rage, like, I can't believe I'm sending my kids to this shitty fucking school. What am I doing to my kids? (laughs) Ripping like, up the letter. $5,000 a year, probably. <laughs> Something horrible, yeah. That's really the interesting thing, though, I was thinking about. It's like, if we had kids, I would want to send them to a public school, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there was something that was important that happened to me by going to Catholic school. There was something, not just like all the positive, like, yeah, they taught me to read and write real good. But like also having a culture to buck up against but that was also so kind of like a part of my community and like like it was like you know i went to catholic grammar school and then i went to catholic high school on in the southwest suburbs and the south side of chicago and so that area is so catholic it's like literally there's there was a ton of people like me who didn't really feel any affinity with the actual like faith itself but just like you know there's a bunch of old men who like, you know, showed up for the sports and the beer and shit like that. And I think those guys were good to have because they were always weirdly tolerant of me in ways that like you wouldn't necessarily expect like a conservative, older white Catholic guy to be. But like, I think it's like there's something valuable about not being isolated, I guess, about having a large, large community like that where you're part of a community, even if, you know, you're not related or even if you don't go to the same parish, you know, and that, that fucking, trips me up like, oh. sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Um, I, the thing I'm grateful, the one main thing I'm grateful for, for it, for having to go to Catholic school and going to church and everything is that the, it was mandatory that we did community service. And oh, yeah. I don't think it's something that I would have had in my life. Otherwise, I think now public schools, there's requirements and stuff like that. But when I was in school, there wasn't. And it was always like, oh, man, you're so lucky. You don't have to go serve people. (laughs) But I'm glad it got me used to it. And it got me out into the world serving people who, you know, were really fucked up, for lack of a better term. And so I'm glad that they, you know, that's the one good thing about Catholicism is like that attitude of service that it's like you have to because you're a person. Well, another, and you have to go serve pe- other people. Fuck you. <laughs> another weird family member of mine, my grandmother's cousin, was a missionary priest in Bangladesh. Welcome to my little shack. This house was built here about in 94. Uh, it's about uh, uh, 18 feet by uh, 10 feet. And uh, the bottom is just dirt piled up and, and, and gets hardened. And so my door is always open, except when I'm praying. Christ, you want to celebrate this math worthy? We know we have sinned. 
and when I'm sleeping. Otherwise, they can come and watch me write. They can come and watch me eat, come and watch me cook, uh, whatever I'm doing. That was her cousin? That was my grand, my dad's oh. mom's cousin. And I always remember he would come to visit every now and again. He would just pop up in the States, like a peer from Bangladesh, and just rent some old, like, eight-cylinder car and just cruise around the country visiting all his relatives. And my parents were, you know, fairly devout Catholics. And also it was my, you know, like, and he had this great story about him and my grandmother getting in trouble for throwing tomatoes at a house when they were kids. Mm. But I'll always remember this. And this goes back to what I was talking about with like the larger community and what Sarah was talking about with the service. I was a young punk, probably like 15, 16. And my first, um, battle jacket, my first sleeveless denim vest covered in studs and patches had this big circle A anarchy symbol on the back. And I was going up the stairs and he said something to me. It's father, father Doug was his name. And, uh, so he says, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, that symbol. And like, you know, in the back of my head, you're a teenager all primed for rebelling. It's like, yeah, I got this anarchy symbol on the back. Instead, what he does is tell me about Dorothy day the famous Catholic anarchist who helped start the Catholic workers movement and told me all about the history of Catholic anarchism. Well, I think if you take the Lord's words, you'll find they're pretty rigorous. The Sermon on the Mount may be read with great enjoyment, but when it comes to practicing it, it really is a, an examination of conscience to see how far we go. And I just always thought that was so badass. Yeah, that's righteous. Like, like just to kind of, you know, give that little nugget um, to a kid who's like, you know what, this kid isn't going to respond to me criticizing him or, you know, he's not going to respond to... Yeah. Like, like he saw the angle that he needed well, to Well, there's a approach. serious, like, streak of... Uh, uh, what is it? Like, revolutionary theology or liberation theology within Catholicism, which is cool. Like Oscar Romero and stuff like that. Yeah. No soldier is obliged to obey an order contrary to the law of God. I also had a priest oh, yeah. uh, comment on a, on a punk shirt that I was wearing at mass one time. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know how my parents uh, allowed this to happen, but I actually wore a Gigi Allen shirt to church. To oh, mass my God. And I, I had like fucking Gigi Allen shirt. Yeah, I regret that shirt a lot. But uh, it, uh, what was the shirt? Describe the shirt. It was a Jesus. It was, it was like, a, like a pentagram and like, like upside down crosses. And then on the I'm your enemy. on the back, yeah, on the back in huge letters it said "I'm your enemy." And then mm. uh, you know, there's the, a picture of Gigi Allen shitting into the crowd. No, it just oh, had a Gigi. picture of his like bloody head on the front of it. What did, what did the priest say about your Gigi Allen shirt? Uh, so, yeah, it said, I am your enemy on the back. And he was doing the processional, you know, when the priest walks up uh, with the uh -huh. altar servers at his side. And then there's like that little parade up to the front at the very beginning of mass. And I was on the aisle and he just like uh, leaned over and put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'm your friend. And I was like, oh, I, I just got owned by a priest. Gotcha, bitch. I feel like I need to stick up for Catholicism a little bit because I've been like 
pretty negative on it this entire We've all just been podcast. shitting all over Catholicism this whole time. Yeah, and that's like... That's, that's well, no, no, we haven't been. Dan's been very nice to Catholicism. Uh, but, yeah, Dan uh, is, after all, a devout Catholic. But, um, I don't know, like, this, like, not so much Protestantism. I don't want to sound like a, like a bigot of some sort, but American Protestantism is pretty fucked up. But, uh, like, Catholicism, for example, and a lot of religions are, like, the ways that most people know how to interact with their community and like do service to other people like Sarah was saying. So it's like as much of a problem as the Catholic church is, there's like people like, like, I I don't know. I'm trying to articulate this thought of people want to help and they want to be involved in a community and they don't really know how to do it except through like in this example, Catholicism. And it really needs to be there. And I think of like, my mom, who is, you know, my, without saying too much, my family's been through a lot of shit in the past, you know, few decades. And uh, without like that community and that service there, my, I don't know if my mom would have held up as well as she has and thrived as well as she has. And like she's been doing this saying the rosary at the old folks home up until COVID started. She's been doing that for 15 years, over 15 years she teaches religious ed, formerly CCD, you know, like she does all these things. And then like, it's like part of her like radicalization from being like kind of like a non-voting Republican to like a voting in every election, like far left, like Bernie person has also been because of like things that like her, she has a particularly lefty priest, I guess, because he's always going after Trump and his uh, homilies. But like part of like that, like the liberation theology thing, which we touched on earlier, like there's so like there's some things to take from this from this religion and from this culture and from this lifestyle that we all lived. It's not a lot of it is bad for you, terrible for you, but a lot of it is very uh, beneficial. I mean, that's the thing about religion, isn't it? It's like if you could. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like if you it's, it's like making a mixtape. It's like if you could pick and choose. Like different parts of uh, of different relations, you could come up with a, a really a really solid one. But 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 yeah, you're right. I mean, like I mean, and, and this is just. I mean, I hope in the future we do uh, an episode just like a more broad spectrum, like about just religion and what it can do for people or whatever, and, and not even necessarily because I don't know. Like, how, how do I frame it? Like. It, reli- organized religion is kind of the thing that I always that and I think I speak for all of us that you, you kind of like rebel against you know but but realistically like just being like uh, I mean like uh, you got to admit that like there's definitely a shit ton of people that if they didn't have some kind of organized religion they'd just be fucking off the walls like crazy people without anything to anchor themselves. And like, it kind of gives people an excuse like to like, for better or worse, be better people because it's like, Oh, well, you know, there's this or whatever, but like, that's not, I don't know. I think, I think people engage in deeper levels than maybe we necessarily give them credit for. I think people have a kind of, um, I think there's a reason that religion is such an old and important part of human civilization is because it allows us to grapple with kind of bigger concepts that are tough to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And we, I think on 
like I don't think any human necessarily believes a hundred percent everything that everyone in their culture or their dominant group believes necessarily, you know, I think that, but I think it's more about creating a framework. Um, and honestly, some of the stuff that you said, Tim, and I guess the reason I've been quote unquote positive about Christianity or not Christianity, but Catholicism, I actually watched this really interesting little clip of Slavo, Slavo Zizek, um, our favorite, uh, cocaine addled raccoon communist. Uh, <laughs> Yes, this is very, this Christianity is very useful. The way I read Christianity, if you take it really seriously, it's really a religion of atheism, in what sense? And Hegel knew this, he says, the big problem is what died on the cross. You read Christianity in a pagan way. If you think God is up there, he sent us a messenger, and then messenger died and cry, and God says, God the Father, okay, my son, come back to me, it didn't work, next time better luck, and so on. No, Hegel says, what dies on the cross is the very God of beyond. The Christian answer again is not, okay, let me pray hard, do good things, maybe I will reestablish contact, it's to say, but at that very point, when I feel abandoned by God, I'm identified with, with Christ on the cross who felt the same. And it hinges on that famous quote, Oh, Father, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? When Jesus cries out on the cross as he's dying. And what Zizek talks about is in that moment, that old God that was the Old Testament God, like ceases to exist. And it is just kind of like, if I'm, I'm probably butchering it a little bit, but it basically it becomes just us because Christ was God, and then he dies. What Zizek talks about as being more important to Christianity in the early church, with Catholic, which is what Catholicism grew out of, is the Holy Spirit. And he says, whenever two or more of you are gathered in my name, I am there with you. And like what Zizek's point is, as a communist, he likens it to solidarity. And I think that's why the Catholic worker movement, why there's liberation theology and things like that. Because if you do read, you know, the Bible, like the, the kingdom of God is within us all and stuff like that. So it's a, it, and Zizek is basically saying that like Christianity is an atheist religion almost because of Jesus and because of his sacrifice and because of what he gave, uh, because of the Holy spirit, like this idea that like we are all imbued with the power to create the divine among one another, like by you know, not doing good works. Through communion. By, through communion, yeah, exactly, through communion. I think it's totally wrong reading the usual one uh, that uh, what will be second coming? Somehow Christ will come again. No, Christ is dead. He is already here in Holy Spirit. What is Holy Spirit or ghost? I don't know how you read it. It is the community of believers. And as Christ says, my God, in the gospel, whenever there is love between two of you, I am there. And I take this totally literally. Second coming means that you discover that what you are waiting for, oh my God, God left us, maybe he will come again, is already here in the community of believers. You don't need God as an old guy up there, a secret guarantee and so on and so on. We've all done communion, right? 
Oh, right, right, right. Let's yeah. do the list. Let's do the checklist. We've all done a communion, right? Who can name all seven? Because I can, I think. I can. Oh, I don't, I don't even, I didn't know there were seven. All right. So you got, I always. Well, go ahead, list. Sarah. No, oh, Sarah, tell Sarah, us. What yeah, is it? Baptism. Did it. First, I'm not going to necessarily do them in order. We've all been baptized, Bap- right? First of all, yes. First of all, communion, yes. Reconciliation, yes. What? Uh, marriage, yes. Confirmation. I'm getting there. Okay. Confirmation. Oh, Jesus, hold your horses, yes. Dan. <laughs> Confirmation, yes. Holy order, no. Last rites, no. The last. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Or anointing of the sick. So, so hang on. So do you have to uh, you have to complete all seven? This is like a fucking video game. You need to get all seven achievements to like get into heaven or something. You can't because marriage and holy order contradict. Yeah, you have to choose one or the other. What's holy order? When you become a priest, becoming a priest, or a nun, or a brother. What the fuck? Not everybody's going to become a priest. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. That way, if you need, not everyone's going to get married. Understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to choose one or the other. That's the branch in the branching quest. So if you don't get married, so, oh, okay. All right. This is starting to like add up to me. So like, if you don't get married, that's why you become a priest because priests don't have sex or get married or whatever. In their mind, you probably got to do one or the other. Were you trying to say that you didn't have reconciliation? What is that? It's first confession. Confession. I've never, I don't think so. Unless you have I, to uh, have it. You know, like. This is all wrong. I, you have to have. You have to have your first confession what before you can have. What comes first? The first one In is. worse, they don't do confession. The first one. <laughs> we just threw rocks at each other. That was our first whatever. They tried. It took too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the first one is obviously <laughs> baptism. The second one is. Oh, right, right, right. It's your first, is your, is your, your first confession. First reconciliation. Because yeah. you can't take the know. Eucharist. You can't take the Eucharist with oh. if you have sins on your soul. So then you I have had to, to have because I did yeah. communion. I know that. I think for CCD so, kids, they, they did it back to back. But here's what I will say is that I did communion and to my mother's credit, when it came, I think supposedly, unless I'm wrong, the next thing was confirmation. And uh, they said, you know, oh, you have to pay to get another year to do your confirmation. And my mother's like, ah, fuck that. I just, so I just stopped at communion. I did communion and I specifically did communion. I'll tell you this because I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, I was going to get an awesome Power Rangers action figure out of it. And I did. talking yeah. about power rangers <laughs> because it has to do with religion i'm going no. to include it so i'm gonna, I'm gonna just you're a fucking uh, terrorist <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna just lay this hot take out and we're not gonna say anything about it okay the cia is partially responsible for the increase in pedophilia in the catholic church after world war ii in order to destabilize the catholic worker movement and stabilize liberation theology in Latin America. So that has been episode 13 of the uh, kids. I feel asleep. like we didn't cover we any fucking ground here, man. 
Ben, shut up. You say that at the end of every fucking episode. <laughs> we had no time to be punks. The kids were asleep, so we got drunk and talked about Catholicism. Good night, everybody. Good night. Then I said, I guess you're really up shit creek. Ow! Christ, Jake, take it easy, man. Ow! Jesus Christ! Ow! Jesus Christ! Ah, shit! Ah, bitch! Jesus Christ! Oh, you fat penguin! Ah! Fuck this noise, man! such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. It saddens and hurts me that the two young men whom I raised to believe in the Ten Commandments have returned to me as two thieves with filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Get out and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves.